such care is going into taking care of us and the issues that inform what we need. We are in one of the most tumultuous times and one of the most open times where things are not hidden. Like it can't hide for the same amount of time it used to be able to hide. This is Creative Director at the Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause, Mariah M., welcoming you to a special edition of the podcast, BGG Hits the Road. This stop, Harlem, New York. In summer 2023, members of the Black Girl's Guide team traveled up the East Coast to continue our intergenerational conversations and connect with our partners and the communities they live and work in. We do everything based on spirit. We move with spirit, so we don't freestyle. I might freestyle when I rap, but I don't freestyle when I'm partnering, right? So we, it's true. So we decided, let's take this to our ancestors and get approval to say, can we do this? Can we go these places? Can we partner with these people? And once everybody was vetted, we were like, word, let's go. One pillar of our ethos here at the Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause is being in right relationship in a myriad of ways, who we partner with, who we invite to the spaces and containers we create, as well as where we hold our community events as part of this tour and beyond. Part of this journey of being at home inside your own body is being in right relationship with good partners. You gotta know who the right partners are. The people who see people for all of their identities. We don't carve off any of your identity. We don't ask you to leave any of your identity at the door. We don't, we don't ask you to pretend to be someone that you're not. We ask you to come fully whole so you can be loved up whole because we've already experienced so much damage from white supremacy, from patriarchy, from homophobia. So how dare we invite you into a space and say, you can come if you identify only as a woman. You can come only if you are 60 or 50, but if you're 20, you gotta stay home. We would not do that, because if we do that, we're replicating the harm that we're trying to build ourselves out of already. Our journey to Harlem, New York, has been one through time, space, and deep connection. Hear from our local partner, Ebony Noel Golden, artist, cultural organizer and strategist, and founder of Betty's Daughter Arts Collaborative. We've been around about 15 years. Betty's Daughter Arts Collaborative is a cultural consultancy based here in Harlem. We work nationally and internationally with arts and culture institutions, community-based organizations, and education organizations to help build a quality of life that we can all appreciate. And so that means everything from working for organizational wellness with some of our boldest and brightest arts and culture institutions nationally, to also working on a grassroots level to, for issues like environmental justice, climate reparations, reproductive justice, housing justice. We do a lot of work in building strategy, building programs that are for us, by us, and with us, and that have an impact beyond us. Omi is a big sister and a mentor of mine, has known me more than half of my life. And in 2020, there was a seedling of this idea to come to Harlem right before our lives changed. Yeah, the Great Awakening happened. Um, we were planning to bring Black Girls Guide to Harlem. And then for many reasons, not all related to the, the, the pandemic, we um, did not do that. 
And so we put it on pause until this year. And so this is a miracle. You all are part of a miracle. Omi Shade and I were able to sit down with Ebony in the loving comfort and Southern hospitality of their home in Harlem, welcomed with salmon cakes and quiche, and by houseplants as old as her time living in New York. You know, my people are from Louisiana and Texas, Northwest Louisiana and East Texas. Mm -hmm. And I was raised in Houston on the South side. And I was raised to be an artist by my mother. We learned a bit about what right relation feels like for them, as well as her desires on their journey to and through menopause. I, I mean, in my personal life, mm -hmm. if you can't pay a retainer, yeah. and I don't mean a monetary I, retainer, I, I mean you. spiritually, mm. you know, I mean reciprocity, That's right. then I need to be about moving on down the road. That's right. I just imagine that I will continue to unlock the doors around wellness. Sure unlock the doors around agency and autonomy mm -hmm. and dignity for myself and those who I love and those who I work with, mm -hmm. that I will continue to do the most rigorous work of my creative life mm -hmm. and of my spiritual life. Mm -hmm. And that I will, yeah, I'll take care of myself okay. and I will be in a community of care. Ebony also shared her desires for both the community and Orisi dinner to come. Really excited to meet people and to re-engage people who I already know. Some of the folks who are coming are people I know. Mm -hmm. Some of them are cultural folks and community organizers, entrepreneurs, people who I know from a distance, mm -hmm. but I benefit from the work that they're doing in the world. I'm super excited about the conversations. I told you I'm a research geek, so I want to listen. Mm -hmm. I want to listen. I love to facilitate people being able to be mm -hmm. in a safe space mm -hmm. to talk, in a brave space mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. And so I am absolutely note-taking mm -hmm. about how to be fly mm -hmm. and aging, mm -hmm. how to be healthy mm -hmm. and living your best life. Like I'm here to learn as well as to make sure people feel welcome in Harlem. What's most inspiring is that it's an intergenerational, yeah. diverse mm -hmm. in terms of what part of the community, what part of the world that they're moving in, mm -hmm. coming together to exchange, mm -hmm. to learn from each other. Mm -hmm. I'm excited that we get to use tools that you've created mm -hmm. and that your team has created mm -hmm. as a foundation for us to get into some conversations. Yeah over the time that we're here. I'm really excited for this to be in Harlem. My perimenopause was kicking my fucking ass <laughs> and um, I wanted to read more about it. And I wanted to read more about the menopause transition from someone who wasn't a cishet white woman. And people recommended many, many things, including primarily, you know, one of the first people they recommended was um, Omishade and the Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause. Somewhere along the line, somebody stopped talking to us about the journey. It's almost like you fall off a cliff when you're perimenopausal, and then you wake up in a puddle of sweat in your bed, and you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what comes as a result of those people who hold 
folks who are going through menopause, like their lives can change for the better, and there's learning that can happen and expansion, mm -hmm. and then those who are going through it, what happens with their health? Yes. And whether you have to yell from the mountaintops, I need some support, yeah. I'm a new person now, mm -hmm. or you can do that gently, yeah. or you find that for yourself, yeah. or with an intimate group of people. This is exactly what these intergenerational spaces are for, to share our stories, to hear others having similar experiences as us, to know that we are not alone and have no reason to be ashamed in our feelings or lack of knowing. There's so much power in collective knowledge and building connections with one another. Our Orisi dinner is designed to deepen connection with someone an invitee is already in relationship with. For our Harlem Orisi interview and conversation, I had the honor and pleasure of speaking with Yazara and her mother, Miss Beverly. I'm Beverly Williams, Adam Mullian, and I'm a former educator. I'm retired. I'm the author of the children's book called Inside the Mommy Club. My name is Taylor Nicole Williams, but People know me by Yazirai is the ancestor portion. Yah is for my grandmother in Ghana, West Africa, who passed away at the age of 103, raised 29 children, 26 of which were girls. And I did not meet my father until I was 14, and he named me after him. And Zarah is the foot of my grandmother, Sarah's name, who was a concert pianist and a prodigy, who gave up her career to be an incredible mother and a grandmother. And um, I take the memory where I go with the name Yazirai. The love, affection, and reverence both Yazara and her mother, Miss Beverly, had for each other was tangible in our interview space, held right outside where the main Orisi dinner was taking place. We at Black Girls Guide like to say that while technically menopause is over after a full Gregorian year without a cycle, this also means our menopause stories actually start with the onset of our periods. I asked both Miss Beverly and Yazara respectively if they remembered their first periods. I was 11 years old and I was very fortunate I was home from school that day because I had a really bad cold. seemed to be a part of my journey as every period of congestion along the board and my great grandmother was and she said to me, it's either because of your cold that you're bleeding or it's because you um, are having a period. I didn't want a period. I knew all the girls that had periods out there didn't want one. I said, no grandma, it's the cold. And she said, well, just in case, I'm going to make you some things. So my grandmother made me my first periods. She got on the uh, sewing machine and made me my first sanitary belt oh my. to wear the pads. I've heard about these. And she gave me a little ice pack to put on my tummy and gave me some hot tea and just treated me with love. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to school. I felt like everybody knew I was on my period. Whenever I had to go and buy the pads, I would always wait till every man was away from the counter to buy the pads. And then I would go up and ask the only woman working in the store, she'd say, what did you say? And I would, I would just dissolve into, you know, almost in tears because 
I didn't want anybody, especially a man, because I was told men should never know anything about this. Mm. Keep that from any man in our house and any man in, in your life. I was with some strangers who weren't as excited about me having a period mm. as my mother would have been if she had not been in the hospital at the time. And so I had no idea how to dispose of anything what to buy myself. And I was standing in a guest room and she acted like I was a very dirty person. I was a very smelly person. I had very bad hygiene when I came out of the hospital. And she called me and spoke very horribly about my hygiene. Yazara then shares that at the very time she got her first period, her mother, Miss Beverly, was in the hospital getting a hysterectomy. I'm so glad I'm a rebellious person because I would have seen my youngie as something to be ashamed of, but I always knew she was special. Come on. You know, I'd already been masturbating for some time. I, I knew yes. that this thing was something I was supposed to be excited about, and she was just nuts. It, it didn't keep her hurting it anymore. did because I thought I was going to get fanfare, and the person who was always fanfare, this is my boy, only man, was in the hospital, getting her right to reproduction taken from her. At the same time, I was receiving one I didn't want either quite yet. I was so glad when my mother came home because I started having conversations with her that were necessary. She made me feel very proud about my rights of passage. At school, they gave me this, when you tell the nurse you have a period, by then, you know, we had conversations about periods in tiny circles. I was a teenager, came of age in 1991, that's when I got my period. So this is when we still were talking about tampons on TV. I told her about STDs, and I told her that she should protect herself. And I told her that there's more than one way to protect yourself. That she shouldn't be embarrassed or ashamed to come to me. Because I felt that if I don't tell her these things, I would not want her to learn the hard way or learn from other people. Oh, she's only 16 years old. Some people say you tell your daughter too much. Like, no, I know. I think she needs to know these things. If I were to die tomorrow, I would like to know that wherever my daughter is, whoever's taking care of her, because of what happened to her when I was in the hospital that time, I wanted to make sure that she was going to be okay. I felt so grateful that I had a mom who could talk to me about that. In high school, I was the only girl who knew how to use condoms. I was the only person who understood how AIDS was transferred from person to person. I have friends of mine in high school who contracted HIV. This woman is the one who taught me how to look at my body as a gift and told me the truth all the time. The highs and lows of her own personal femininity, her coming of age, every level of yourself. I then asked Ms. Beverly about her relationship with her own mother and how it informed her choices in supporting Yazra as a child and young woman. My mother and I didn't really get together until I was a teenager. So my mom did help me a lot, and she did talk to me about sex, which I didn't want to hear anything about. I was very, very, very shy. I was quite a crude, and my mother didn't hold things back from me. I didn't want to hear it, but she kept telling me about it anyway. And then after I had my own child, I realized what my mother was doing was right. It was better that she told me these things so that I would be somewhat prepared for life rather than being shocked. We end the Orisi interview asking what wisdom they'd each like to share with those who will go on their menopause journeys. Always doing compassion with yourself on the journey. Some of that will be the internal part when you have your first period. Some, your, your period story will be someone else's. But one of the things that was always great for me was being in the company of self-actualized girls and women who really loved me. 
We had my back at parties. We had my back with a tampon when needed. A wipe when necessary. Or an outfit when I bled through my clothes. Our whole team jumped on a plane and we did the same thing we're doing tonight in the UK. And we're going to do the same thing again in Toronto. And we're going to do the same thing again in Puerto Rico. Why? Because we know black spreads all over this globe. We are the global majority. We are the global majority. And so we believe in diasporic healing. We believe in diasporic work. Thank you all so much for tuning into our recap of our time in Harlem, New York. We hope this episode had you consider what's part of your personal ethos. What does nourishment of you and your interpersonal connections look and feel like? When's the last time you asked for support from those closest to you? Just some food for thought and wellness from us to you. Wishing you all a happy October and Menopause Awareness Month here in the States. Until next time in the menopausal multiverse, we'll be sure to keep a seat open for you. This is Mariah M. signing off. Hey folks, we hope you have enjoyed this latest episode of the Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause Hits the Road as we share with you all of our adventures, learnings, and connections from this year's diasporic tours. We have taken you through our trip in the UK, and now you have heard how we got down and enjoyed ourselves with so many delicious conversations in Harlem, New York, with our partner and beloved, Ebony Noel Golden of Betty's Daughters Arts Collaborative. We also want to take a moment to thank our sponsors who made this leg of the trip possible, The Honeypot Company, Kendra, and Electra Health. If you want to see more highlight reels or information about our time in New York, including a beautiful conversation between Yazara and her mother, head on over to Patreon. You can learn more about the Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause by going to our website, www.blackgirlsguidetosurvivingmenopause, or you can check us out on IG. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you again on the dark side of the moon. Next stop, Toronto.